Welcome to The Bond, the Christian podcast for purposeful and peaceful parenting. We want to understand children's hearts, reach parents' hearts, and see God with new eyes. Five young Christian moms started this podcast in September 2020 in Germany. We wish you God's blessings as you listen to our episode about the sixth stage of attachment. My name is Denise Grant, and I'm the English voice for this wonderful podcast. The last five episodes have been about the attachment stages according to Gordon Neufeld about how children form deep bonds. They mature like a plant from year to year and develop new and more roots if the soil gets good nutrients. Each stage reaches deeper and in order to develop these deep roots, children have to show themselves more and more vulnerable. Here is an overview. The first stage is closeness or proximity. The second, sameness or equality. Then follows the level of belonging and loyalty. Level number four is that of appreciation and esteem. And last time we heard about the level of love. And today we will talk about the sixth level of attachment. It is the deepest form through which one can be connected to a person. Familiarity or being known. All levels must be sufficiently saturated so that a child can become a fully mature person. They need these deep roots to be able to develop their full potential. Everything the child needs is already inside of them, which is why it is so important to create the right breeding ground for maturation to develop from the inside out. Today, we will first look at how familiarity, or being known, can manifest itself in your child. Next, how you can recognize if your child is stuck in one level and has gaps in his or her attachment. There will also be an overview of what it means if important levels of attachment break down in your relationships. The last topic we will talk about in this episode is familiarity with God, why it is important and how we can live it. So let's go. From the age of six, when a child has successfully passed through all the previous stages, he or she also starts to bond through familiarity. This is a psychological familiarity in which the child would like to be known by his parents through and through. This is the most beautiful and deepest level of relationship you can have with your child. Between the age of five and seven, the prefrontal cortex starts to integrate in a child's brain so that they become capable of grasping two thoughts at the same time. For example, they may simultaneously have the thought that they have a secret and that they should not tell anyone about it. Toddlers, on the other hand, switch from one thought to another and therefore just blurt out secrets. However, when the prefrontal cortex is integrated, children become capable of this two-track thinking, but they cannot bear not to tell their closest attachment figures about it. Since this kind of secrecy is perceived as separation on the emotional level by the child, they hardly want to and can endure it. Deborah McNamara writes in her book, Rest, Play, Grow, when a child bonds at the level of psychological familiarity, a tendency to reveal his innermost self to those with whom he shares emotional familiarity is activated. The crucial point in psychological familiarity is closeness through transparency. 
If children cannot tell their attachment figures, their feelings and thoughts, it can affect their joy of life. People are in close contact with each other when they show themselves vulnerable to each other, when they reveal everything about themselves to the other person. The connection through psychological familiarity is totally important for parents so they can take good care of their children. This way, parents know what is going on in their children still in adolescence and can act and care for them accordingly. Here is an example from McNamara's book. A father talks about his daughter Ellie. It was really strange to see Ellie holding her hand over her mouth as if something was about to burst out of her. She was clearly trying to hold something back, but it was like the pressure inside her was too much. I finally asked her what the problem was and she said, Oh, Dad, I don't want to tell you, but I just have to. I hid Oscar's trains on purpose because he didn't let me play with them. The child's desire to be known by her father was greater than the fear of confession. Secrets can separate us from our dearest people, but they can also bring us closer to each other. When children reach the age of about five, they begin to lie consciously because cognitively they are not capable of doing so before then. Before this age, it may seem that the child is not telling us the truth on purpose, but in reality the child is not capable of grasping two thoughts at the same time, and therefore what they say is really the truth for them. For conscious lying, the child's brain needs a certain level of maturity. Children can consciously lie to their parents from about five years of age because they can now grasp two thoughts. They now know, I want more cookies, but at the same time, I know that mommy doesn't want me to take more out of the jar. Parents often react to their children's lying with shock, but it shows an important step in the child's development. It is no longer a toddler, but a child. The prefrontal cortex can now be accessed, and many fruits of our bonding work finally become visible. If you want your child to continue to confide in you, make it safe for your child to reveal things to you. Instead of reacting with shock when lies are told, keep calm and reflect with your child. Try to understand what thoughts and feelings your child had in the situation. There were probably several thoughts and feelings in the situation, and the child chose one of them and followed it. Let's take the example with Jacob and the cookies. The child is not allowed to take cookies by himself out of the cookie jar. However, at the same time, he knows that if he asks mom now, she will say no. So the child takes the cookie in secret and denies this when mom asks him about it. On the one hand, there is the desire for the sweet, and on the other hand, the fear of mom saying no. Address this conflict and reflect with the child on the inner struggle he or she had to go through. In this way, your children learn to understand themselves better and to take conscious decisions. It is very important for children to learn to tell the truth, as well as their thoughts and feelings to people they trust. This is how they learn to understand themselves better and how they continue to mature. This honesty paves the way for authenticity and integrity in relationships and equips children for healthy friendships and partnerships later in life. 
How can I support my children in showing me their vulnerable feelings and thoughts? McNamara lists four points. First, the child must be attached to you through emotional familiarity before moving into psychological familiarity. Saturate all levels of attachment so that such familiarity can develop. Secondly, make it easy for your child to share things with you. Separations, no matter if emotional or spatial, separations have no place here. This includes to give your child a homily, condemnation, punishments, etc. Thirdly, encourage your child to tell you things by asking, You look so glum, what's wrong? And lastly, reflect to your child what you have understood. Show compassion and honor their thoughts and feelings. Implementing these points can be very challenging for parents. It may take a different kind of communication for you to learn to deal with your child in this way. But it is worth it. Just by listening to this podcast, you are showing how much the relationship with your child means to you and how much you want such intimacy. The Danish family therapist Jesper Juhl writes in his book Respect, Trust and Love only published in German, that many parents have lost trust in their older children and teenagers. They don't trust them, want to take care of everything, give orders, leave hardly any freedom, are constantly worried and squeeze their children constantly to learn everything. At some point, young people no longer want to put up with this and answer with silence. They say nothing more, because no one is interested in what they really think, feel, and want. Parents say sentences such as, The child must first win my trust. But stop! There's something totally wrong with this way of thinking. Because my trust, or my mistrust, that's up to me. It is mine. I have to take care of it. And actually, It's a disaster when we lose trust in our children. Jasper Jewell suggests going to the child and saying something like this. I've discovered that I've lost my trust in you. For me, this is terrible. And I'm sorry. I know you need my trust more than ever. Now you have to help me. I need to know more about you. I need to get to know you again because I have no idea who you are. I just have a picture of you in my head. If you find that you don't have any familiarity with your kids, you can take a step back and work on the bonding levels for now, no matter how old your child is, because the levels can be made up. Let's look at a brief outline of how Gordon Neufeld says you can tell that your child has an attachment gap. That is, that he or she is stuck in a lower attachment stage, and that stage has not been saturated and or that your child has a great hunger for attachment. When listening to the list, remember that attachment is the most important thing children need to survive and mature. We'll get into a point or two as the podcast progresses. Today, there will only be a brief overview. You can tell if your child has attachment gaps, if the child seems to have a hardened heart, seems aloof, The child has low self-esteem. The child rejects feelings, hardly shows any, seems cool. The child is constantly restless and seems never immersed in his or her play. 
The child develops fads to satisfy his needs, displays behavioral problems, and is very demanding. The child is obtrusive with other adults, seeks emotional closeness from others. The child constantly refuses to listen to his or her caregiver. Children with an unsaturated attachment need get stuck at a point in their psychological maturation, making them unteachable. As mentioned before, the single points are complex, and yet they all originate from the lack of a deep bond with a trustworthy adult person. The six levels of attachment show how deep relationships are actually meant to be and how we can experience such fulfilling relationships. Relationships of this quality bring out the best in us, allow our gifts and abilities to emerge, and let us grow into mature people. Throughout our lives, however, we do not always maintain relationships the way we should, or life doesn't always allow it to be that way. We change, yet relationships can remain. This is easier the more attachment roots we have developed in the relationship concerned. If you have built a deep relationship with a person and they know everything about you and you are close friends, it can still happen that you do not have so much contact for a while. You now do not feel connection through closeness, but you can still bond via sameness. However, if your way of thinking changes in some points and you no longer think the same, then you can still remain connected via belonging and loyalty. You are my friend. Thinking differently does not harm our friendship. If you suddenly no longer feel a sense of belonging or there is no loyalty, then you can bond over appreciation. If the appreciation is gone, then the feeling of love remains. And if even the love goes away, then you still know who that person is and can bridge that separation by familiarity and remain connected. Because you have created a psychological familiarity that can withstand many storms. You may ask yourself, is that possible? Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. This son wakes up one morning and demands his inheritance from his father. Basically, he says to his father, for all I care, you could be dead. He takes everything he is entitled to and leaves his father. There is no more closeness, equality, belonging and loyalty, appreciation, love or even familiarity. The son has torn everything down and left. He ends up with the pigs, having squandered everything. At his lowest point, he thinks of his father. He had lived a good life with him. Maybe his father would take him back. What an image the son must have of his father in mind, that he had the hope that the father would take him in again. How much love must the father have shown him in his life? How much loyalty and appreciation? The son ventures to go back to the father, and indeed, the father accepts him with open arms. The father has held on to his love for his son all along. Even though the son tore everything down, the father still knew, I know my son, I know who he is. If he wants to come back, I'll throw a big party. And the son thought, I know my father, I will find my place at his house again, Maybe not as his son, but I will be fine. In this father-son bond, 
There was a deep intimacy on the part of the Father that could endure some crisis. God is that Father to us. We may always come to Him, no matter what has happened. We don't have to fix everything ourselves first. We can come as we are, because God knows us and all our thoughts and feelings. This is such a stark picture for our parenthood. People who are in significant relationships with each other, but who have not developed all the roots of attachment, have a harder time during crisis. Since they don't have so many levels through which they feel connected and loved, which they can fall back on if one level breaks away. Therefore, if a relationship, no matter with whom, is really important to you, then work on it so that you develop as many attachment roots as possible. That way, you'll manage to go through some ups and downs together. Fact is, we are attachment beings and each of us needs a counterpart by whom it is fully recognized and known. A person to whom you can confide everything, with whom it simply feels good and liberating to be with and talk to. A person who is free from judgment and reproof. A person by whom you feel completely loved and accepted. Such relationships are so important for us. Attachment is the greatest need that is inside of us. When this hunger is not satisfied, we look for substitutes. Alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, food, relationships, work, etc. It can basically be anything to plug that hole. Even self-care, for all the good it brings. I take care of myself so that I am well, that I can be there for my children and have strength. But self-care can also be just a sham to satisfy that hunger for attachment. Just as young children need a greater source of unconditional love to become the best version of themselves, we as adults also need a source whose love, acceptance, appreciation, loyalty never ceases. We need this source because we all carry within us a longing for spirituality. For we were created as attachment beings to live together in attachment with a perfect love. This love is always at hand. Ty Gibson, in his book The Sonship of Christ, writes about the Holy Spirit and how he was sent into the world to live in man. But why? For our freedom for the restoration of our best self, for the restoration of the covenant identity of mankind. The covenant is nothing else than the restoration of the voluntary love inside the human soul. It is about love again becoming the power that governs our whole being. We can encounter this perfect, absolutely pure love only in God. Let's look at it from another perspective. A child must rest in the bond with an adult. The hunger for attachment must always be satiated. Only then does the brain come to rest and the child can play. And during free play, the child grows. With adults, the principle is exactly the same. We also have to satisfy our attachment hunger, and resting in Christ, we become strong. Then we grow and develop from the inside out not the other way around. This is a very big difference. We can rest in the love of God, in all that He is, has done, and will do for us. But how can this love really reach me? In order for us to truly accept God's love, 
We must recognize and let go of the lies we believe about ourselves, the pain we have hidden somewhere far away in our minds. These things block our heart so that much affection, loyalty, appreciation, love does not even get through to us. We comprehend with our brains, but it does not get to our heart. God says in Ezekiel 36:26, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. We all need a new heart. God has put the plan in childhood for children to develop a deep relationship of trust with their parents, so that later on it will be easier for them to enter into this kind of relationship of deep trust with God with their heart as well, not only with the mind. But unfortunately, our generation has experienced a different kind of upbringing for the better part and has many gaps in attachment. In order to avoid that, the pain we have because of this does not become so great, our heart is erecting walls around itself. It protects itself from injuries. It no longer really feels. This is a healthy mechanism in order for the inner pain not to increase to an unbearable level. But at the same time, we are blocking the way to our feelings, both positive and negative. In order for our innermost core to be truly reached, people or even God must first get through the layers of armor. How this process can happen, we will consider separately. Just think about it. God shows us by how he deals with us, how we deal with our children. Children build up a deep intimacy with us as parents so that they can build the same relationship with God more easily. How many parents make it really hard for their children to find the heart's way to Jesus by educating them with pressure, coercion, fear, and threats? True obedience happens because of being connected to the adult person. It is an instinctive process that children enter into when the bonding conditions are right. Mature character is the fruit of the deepest intimacy. It cannot be forced. It grows from the inside out. It is a process that takes years. How can we live a deep intimacy with God? Here is just a brief outline because there would be a lot to say about it. Two points are important above all. Read the Bible as God's love letter to you. Start with the New Testament if you don't know it at all, because that's a good place to start. Remember the promises of God, the thoughts He has about you. Because God thinks absolutely positively about you. He shouts, Hurrah! loudly whenever you are crossing His thoughts. You are His. He is loyal to you and values you. He has always loved you and knows you through and through. Speak out these truths about yourself and God. Memorize them. In this way, you will get to know God's thoughts about you and become more and more familiar with His nature. The Word of God is like living water that quenches your thirst for commitment. The second point is prayer. Ellen White writes in her book, Steps to Christ, Talking to God means telling Him what moves us. Like a friend, tell God about your needs, joys, sorrows, your griefs and fears. 
You cannot burden him or wear him out. He who counts the hairs of your head is not indifferent to the needs of his children. The Lord is full of compassion and tender mercy. His loving heart is moved by our grief and even by our expressing it. Prayer does not bring God down to us. It lifts us up to Him. We thrive and blossom like a plant when we seek intimate contact with God and live that deep intimacy with Him. In order for you to truly appreciate this contact, really let yourself be saturated through and through at all levels of attachment. Clear away the lies about yourself and God, and you will be free to let yourself be filled and saturated with genuine, endless love. And your potential that God has placed within you can finally come to full bloom. These are some thoughts on the topic of the sixth level of attachment, familiarity. to accompany you on your way with this podcast. Together we will learn how to be in relationship with our children, ourselves, and with God. Jesus says, He who abides in me and I in him abides in my love. If you have enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with others. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bond Podcast, and also follow us on Instagram under the same name. We appreciate any feedback via the email address, thebond at mail.de.